0: to know what I can do for myself when I'm in an environment where whatever is going on doesn't feel healthy or provide peace for me. One of the ways I talk about it with Mm -hmm. women is what is disturbing your peace and what can you do about it Mm. so that you feel safer and at more peace. So sometimes that's removing myself from a situation. Sometimes it's asking for someone to do something differently because they may not even realize what they're doing that creates unsafety for me. So looking at what mm-hmm. I can do for myself to create the peace I need is another part.
1: Welcome to the faithful and true podcast. coming back to you today to continue the series that we started last week with debbie laser and beth miller as our guests uh together of course with our host dr greg miller greg great to see you as always and uh, we're here to continue the conversation about safety absolutely and so we
2: began our time just kind of talking in general principles about safety the significance of it various ways that we try to create it And in this particular podcast, we want to break it down a little bit more specifically to the population that we deal with um, almost exclusively, and that's men who have struggled with sexual addiction and their wives. And um, Deb alluded, and Beth did too, to this idea that um, this this violation of safety that comes through the addiction is such a significant issue for the wives. So we just want to talk about, um, for the wives that are listening that have been betrayed... What is the role of safety for them moving forward? What can be helpful? um, And what could be some good next steps for them?
3: Do you want me to start, Beth, or? Um, Yeah, well, yeah. You know, let me say this. What if I read a question Mm -hmm. that I think comes to us frequently? And then I'm going to, I will have you answer first. Okay.
0: okay? <laughs>
3: All right.
1: So I didn't know there was going to be a question. I know. Quiz. I didn't
3: either, Randy. I didn't
0: prepare. So we'll see. But there. listen, I know.
3: I know you have great answers to okay. this question. Okay. How do I create safety for myself as a wife versus looking to my spouse to create safety for me?
0: Well, that's a multifaceted answer, I think, that's going to go with this one. And it's one that we talk about a lot in our workshops and also in our counseling with wives, is that there are some things we can expect from someone that we want to put our trust in and to know that we can be safe with. And there are certain things that they are going to do in order to be a safe and trustworthy person for us. Um, We could get into some of those, but telling the truth is definitely one of those regularly about all things, being honest about what's going on in the relationship, being willing to own things when they make mistakes. And and this is anyone we're in relationship with. This would be a good Mm -hmm. friendship or, you know, someone in our family or our spouse. Um, They're willing to own things when they make mistakes and work on correcting those so they don't continue to hurt somebody by their behaviors they're willing to work at being a safe person themselves. Um, there's another element, though, which is learning to trust ourselves and to create safety for ourselves. So if there are certain things that don't create safety for me as a person, those might be very different than what they are for you or for someone else. It mm-hmm. could be, for instance, I'm, I'm not used to loud voices in conversation at all. I grew up in a family where conversations were rather quiet, there was not arguing, there wasn't a lot of shouting. So um, it does take much for me to feel unsafe when when voices get very loud. Now, for someone else who grew up in a big family, perhaps, and the way to be heard and seen and whatever was to shout and, you know, be heard that way, maybe loud voices doesn't bother Mm -hmm. them at all. But I, I need to know what I can do for myself when I'm in an environment where whatever is going on doesn't feel healthy or provide peace for me. One of the ways I talk about it Mm -hmm. with women is what is disturbing your peace and what can you do about it Mm. so that you feel safer and at more peace? So sometimes that's removing myself from a situation. Sometimes it's asking for someone to do something differently because they may not even realize what they're doing that creates unsafety for me. So looking at what Mm -hmm. I can do for myself to create the peace I need is another part. And then I think Mm -hmm. such an important part is looking to our faith journey and how does God provide ultimate safety for us? Because as human beings, I I think we have limits to any of us being, I call it squeaky clean safe all the time. I mean, none of us Mm -hmm. are squeaky clean safe all the time, even though we would Mm -hmm. like to be. And when that's not the case, uh, you know, do we go to God with what our desires are? He constantly invites us to bring our desires to him so that he can create those in our lives and for us. And safety is a big one. How does he create safety? I mean, you and I have so many stories about women who maybe couldn't get information they need, but they were fairly sure something was going on. And You know, praying about that led them eventually to somehow get into somebody's email without some password that normally you need. And all of a sudden, (laughs) there they are with information they have. I mean, God does things in ways that we can never imagine. He has um, much better information, knowledge, and assures us that he's there to take care of us. It may be in a totally different way than we ever expected, Um, But more and more, the older I get, the more I have those stories for myself. And I Mm -hmm. really believe in that. So learning how to create safety with God in our life as the ultimate caregiver for that desire of ours is something that I think practically we don't often work on. We maybe have head knowledge about it. We can quote scripture about it. And what does it mean when maybe God is the last source for how we might get something met that is really terrifying to us. So, that is a really long answer to a very short question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, one, one thing I want to highlight <laughs> that I think is so significant is that idea of asking for what we need to create safety versus assuming that somebody else mm-hmm. knows. And I know that um, for Beth and I, we're getting better at that, but I, I began to realize there were some things that I needed and I, maybe I assumed that Beth would know them. Maybe I assumed everybody created safety the same way. And so when I began to say this would be helpful if in this context you would also do this, that she had the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. But that assumption that, you know, oh, my spouse is just going to know this or, or the assumption everybody's like me ultimately isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. So Beth, how would you answer your own oh, question? Thank
0: you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
3: so, Deb, I want to go back to what you said. I love that idea of what's disturbing Mm -hmm. your peace. And with so many of the women that I work with, um, one of the things that can come up is this idea of I, um, my sense, you know, I, she might say my sense is that, um, my husband isn't doing enough work, or he's canceled therapy sessions, or um, I'm seeing some old behavior, even if it isn't the sexual acting out, um, but I'm just seeing some old behaviors that are concerning. I think what we tend to think uh, initially is that if what's disturbing my peace is what's happening in his hoop or not happening, the place to go is over in you know, into his lane, or as we say here at Faithful and True, into his hoop. And I, I think the thing that I want to say is, it's, I, it might be counterintuitive, but staying in our own hoop, in our own lane, is where we are going to find safety. It's these things that you were just talking about. Because no one else can create safety, you know, can create a safe interior for us they can do things that are safer for sure. But I think, Greg, what you were just saying is really important that from our own um, our own lane, our own hoop, that's where we're learning to name, here's some things that I'm aware of that I need to feel safe. And then, of course, the question comes, well, what if those things don't happen? <laughs> what if our partner isn't willing or isn't capable of doing those things, well, then we have to discern for ourselves. all right, what are my choices as a result? Do I need to change, you know, my code of conduct of how I'm going to respond if they aren't willing or are unable to, to meet those needs? But ultimately, one of the real privileges as an adult is knowing I get to create safety for myself in healthy ways. And it's not dependent, like I'm not just, you know, up a paddle without a creek, if my partner isn't doing things that feel safe. And, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I really agree. Without that a paddle. Without a paddle. We knew that. Yeah. Did I say it me. the wrong way?
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Did, but we, yeah. thinking, we got it. You're Perfect.
0: thinking very I, Momentary dyslexia. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I fell out yeah. of the canoe on that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, now one, I forgot what I was going to say because, you know, yeah. go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I think language
2: is important. And it's a difference between, I think many of us have been taught that somebody else can create safety for me. So if I don't feel safe, or I don't perceive myself as safe, then it becomes the other person's responsibility to do something to create it. So if we distinguish someone contributes to my safety, and yet I am responsible for creating it for myself. You know, one of the things that can happen is I can have the belief that if I have enough information, that will create safety. So I get information, I still don't feel safe. So I think, well, the solution is I need more information. But the reality is information cannot create safety for me. It contributes to my safety. Ultimately, I, as a wise adult, learn how to create safety again through this truth, the truth of who God is and the truth of who I am versus somebody's actions or behaviors or reactions. Mm -hmm.
0: I also think it's helpful if we can identify what element of safety we are talking about rather than using that term too generally. Um, A lot of times Mm -hmm. I think I hear wives using it so often that their spouse doesn't really know what they're talking about. You know, when you, when you use that example, for instance, Beth, that, um, you know, I'm worried that you're not going to counseling anymore and you're not really in a group and I don't really see you contributing to any kind of a journey of recovering for yourself. Um, The lack of Not doing that is really about the fear that if you don't, then what will happen? Mm -hmm. Then what will happen is possibly he'll fall back into that addiction again. And then what might Mm -hmm. happen if he falls back into that addiction? Well, then what might happen is I decide that I'm not willing to stay in a marriage with someone who's not faithful to me. And then what will happen? What will happen then is I'll decide that I need to divorce and leave this marriage. So then the reason I feel unsafe is because there's a potential that I will be all alone. And how much better it would be to talk about it in that way, other than just to constantly say, I'm not safe. You know, for some people, that is about the loudness of voices. For others, it's about how demanding they are that they do something. For others, it's about feeling so disconnected, you are alone and you're not in the relationship. you know, for some, it's not having information about Mm -hmm. money, or I'm afraid that I won't be taken care of. If I have to leave this, you know, it can be about so many things. So the more we can learn about how to talk specifically about our issues of safety is going to be more helpful to the other person on the other side of that Mm -hmm. conversation.
2: You know, Deb, you remind me, I was introduced to this idea that there are two core fears. One of them is the fear of being alone, and one of them is the fear of being crushed. Well, the fear of being alone is about relationship, and the fear of being crushed is about power. So if I can even, within myself, kind of dig deeper to say, what is this fear really about? Then how do I deal with the fear and and kind of that, that process that you went through of Where is this leading me that ultimately that is what I'm afraid of? And if that is my fear, how do I navigate that? It's our tendency, almost intuitively, to avoid the things that we fear. But really, I think where we are empowered is when we move towards the fear and move through the fear and move beyond the fear. So even if at the end of this, I am alone because my husband does not choose recovery, In that space, I can still be safe because my safety isn't dependent upon my husband's commitment to recovery. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think in that light, um, Greg, it becomes important in our own work to figure out when I don't feel safe, what are my fears really about and how can I go after those practically? You know, we talk with wives, for instance, if it were to happen that your marriage doesn't make it, what would be most frightening about that for you? And the answer is different Mm -hmm. for many of them. Some Mm -hmm. it's about, um, I don't know that I would be a very good parent by myself. I need help with parenting. For some, it's about money because they have no idea where their assets are in this relationship and they don't know if they will have any of that money when they divorce. For others, I I worked with a woman, her greatest fear was staying alone in her house without her husband because he he wasn't in a career that he traveled. She was never alone in her house. That was the more terrifying thing for her of anything. So we want to go after, if those are our fears, how can we practice working on those individually? What do we need to do Uh, Do we need to get a job for ourselves so we feel somewhat financially independent? Do we need to practice being alone and Mm -hmm. go on a trip even? stay. Sometimes my assignment to women is to go on a trip, stay in a hotel, drive yourself there by yourself, not with a friend, stay someplace by yourself, see how it feels, know you can work through that and be on the other side of that. Um, So we can learn how to manage some of these things so that we know we can be okay and take care of those issues for ourselves if we need to.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I remember transition.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, go ahead, Beth.
0: Go
3: ahead. Well, I was just going to say <laughs> I remember how important it was yes. for, um, for me to get to the place to know that I would be okay um, to be on my own. And that gave me the freedom to leave, which also gave me the freedom to stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was both of those things. Right. And um, I I'm confident I did not stay out of your hoop all the time. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: couldn't say that. We're not perfect facts. Remember, hey, we God. said that. <laughs> We're just working on these I things. Know. Yeah. Courage.
3: <laughs> That's to be right. Perfect. And I, I also know that I got a lot better, right? When I was able to um, settle into being grounded in the truth of, I I can be okay if I have to be alone, mm-hmm. um, if that's the best of hard choices, I will be okay. And we're not saying that wouldn't hurt, or you know all the you know the implications of that and Deb, I think you're so right that when you keep going down like well why is that a problem well why why is that a problem? you know we get to this this fear of of being on our own, that's really so much of what helps us to stay on you know our side of the street right without trying to manage or control our husband's recovery. Because ultimately, we need to know that he is internally motivated to be well. That's, that's one of the things that contributes to safety. Mm-hmm. Not, this is going well because I'm over there managing mm-hmm. it and controlling mm-hmm. it. And um, that's a really big difference. I
0: think the other thing that's really well, helpful about creating our own safety and working on those fears is when someone decides to stay in a relationship and you have practiced that standalone place that we often talk about where I can be alone if I need to be or have to be and I'm choosing to stay, Uh, it's a much healthier place for the relationship and for the other person to know you're staying because you really love them and choose them. You're not staying because of your need or your fear to be taken care of. Um, That's a very different place to enter into a relationship. So and oddly enough, one of the other desires, one of the seven is the desire to be chosen just for who I am, not because I can give you a bunch of stuff or protect you from a bunch of stuff, but that you love me just for who I am.
2: When I, I think one of the things a lot of the men that I work with may struggle is if their sense is their wife is staying and yet it's out of obligation. You know that this is what they have to do that they don't have other options and that doesn't create this sense of being chosen and desired it's more of a a function of some sort of contract that was created and that can be a very difficult place for both of them and one of the ways that we can know that something is motivated by obligation is eventually it begins to lead to resentment and just kind of paying attention to that you know one of the things that what we talked about is this idea of fear. And sometimes it's helpful to acknowledge the fear and be able to transition the fear from fear to concern. You know, fear paralyzes me sometimes. If I'm afraid of something, I may actually have difficulty moving towards it. But some of the things that people mention are legitimate concerns. And if I name it Mm -hmm. as a concern, then that can empower me to move towards it, to address it, to explore it. So if I'm concerned, I'm not quite sure how to manage money or I'm concerned, I don't know if I can function by myself, then out of that concern, I can do some research. I can take that field trip and stay by myself. I can get the information I need about our finances. But concern can really be an invitation to say, hey, this is significant. I need to explore it and understand Mm -hmm. it more. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's a really great point, Greg, that one of the ways we work on our anxieties or our fears is to name them and then to surround ourselves with people who aren't necessarily always trying to fix them for us and give us solutions, but just to hear what that's about. And in some cases, we are asking for help about how to change what we believe has grown to be an unreasonable fear or sense of anxiety for ourselves. So, um, surrounding ourselves with good people who are also willing to be honest about these things is one of the great ways we can move and change our responses to them. Mm-hmm. I also want to. Yeah, mention, I think the. La- oh, go ahead. <laughs> we, uh, go ahead, Beth.
3: Uh, I was just going to say the last thing that I would add to that is. Um, that's part of what we do to become a safe person ourselves, mm-hmm. is we surround ourselves with people who are doing their work to be safe people. So we get to watch um, how someone else is responding um, in a wise, kind of regulated way to something. Um, we get to observe how another woman in our one of our groups say is. Um, learning to find her voice in ways that are clean and clear, not, um, you know, overly critical or snarky. Um, But that's part of this too is if I want to create safety, I've got to be working on what it looks like for me to be showing up in my relationships as a safe
0: person. And, you know, that's great work to take wherever we go and in our entire life It's, it's a goal for being well that really has nothing to do with our recovery, with our spouse in sexual addiction. I mean, ideally, we're all working towards that to be a safer person for others. I, I love Maya Angelou's quote. You know, I say that all the time. Can we learn how to be mm-hmm. in pain or learn how to be afraid and anxious? And not become a pain ourselves, <laughs> you know. That's a really yeah. difficult struggle because sometimes we feel entitled um, in our anxieties or fears or whatever to just do whatever we have to do to take care of them and dump that on other people, and then not love ourselves in terms of how we're responding. So, um, yeah, learning how to manage our anxiety is so important. I, I also want to add that I know that the, that trauma creates a lot of change in the brain. And sometimes our desire Mm -hmm. to change this, our willpower alone to do it, um, having counseling or good community is not enough. And there are other therapeutic modalities that can help with some of that. EMDR is something Mm -hmm. some of you have perhaps heard about. Biofeedback is another one. Um, We need to accept the fact that just willpower alone sometimes cannot change these very old reactions to some very traumatic events in our life. So um, Mm -hmm. know that we don't want to take this lightly and just assume that, you know, a few little conversations and a few friends will change all these things in your life. Many times it's it's not at all that easy.
3: (laughs) There's a great book called, well, there's a great book called Try Softer. Mm -hmm. And in it, the author talks about how her parents just had a lot of willpower, like, or tried to, and it didn't really solve their issue. So she entitled one of her chapters, Let's Pray and Go to Therapy. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that, right? We got to do mm-hmm. all of
0: that. Mm-hmm.
2: One, one of the things that I think um, helps to create safety is this idea of, of creating boundaries. You know, we talk a lot about boundaries, but the, the thing about a good boundary is it creates safety for me, and it also contributes to the safety for others. And so as I get clearer about where I can draw those boundaries, that actually is a gift that I'm giving to the other people in my life. And in those moments when we're having an overreaction, I do think it is helpful for us to name that for ourselves and for the other people in our lives there's been several times in our marriage where i i knew my reaction to something that beth had done was disproportionate and i had an option i could either blame beth and say well if you hadn't done this i wouldn't be responding this way or i could say i'm aware that this is disproportionate and i want to figure out what's going on for me and then deb as you mentioned some of those other modalities of therapy that helped me to understand that reaction, that trigger, because I didn't choose to respond that way. It just Mm -hmm. showed up and I'm going to need some help and support to untangle that knot that has gotten me to that place. Um, Is there anything kind of in our closing thoughts that you would want women to understand who have been betrayed, um, about safety, and maybe I'll be more specific. What is the hope? Mm -hmm. You know, we like leaving people with hope. So what is the hope that a woman could experience as she heals?
0: I guess my, my hope is that she will learn how to speak up specifically about things and the ways that she was hurt and the ways she does not feel safe and to have a voice about things that matter to her. I think one of the things most of us struggle with is for one reason or another, we haven't always spoken about things that really are important to us, and, or we've done it in a way that we aren't heard and understood about that. So a great deal of our, our, our getting well is being able to speak about those things in a way to be heard and understood, and to know that no other person in our life, or as you said earlier, no other circumstance will create all the safety we're looking for, If we don't work Mm -hmm. on our spiritual journey to find that inner peace that comes from knowing that God is there for us, He knows our life, He knows what we need, we need to turn to Him at times as well as do what we can do while we're here on earth. And so the combination, I think, is what will bring us peace inside, to know what our next steps are, to know how to create peace for ourselves when we can't find it outside of ourselves, so that we live with joy and passion in our lives. And that's what I think I hope for, for the women that we work with here.
1: Great finishing thought. Thanks for that. Uh, Beth and Deb, thanks so much for joining Greg and myself today on the Faithful and True podcast. Uh, we, as always enjoy having you. And we know that our listeners are going to really benefit from today's message. Uh, we hope that you, uh, Anyone who is out there who is looking for help, that faithfulandtrue.com is a great resource for you to come to. We have the men of, uh, the Men's Journey Workshop, which we offer every month for men who are struggling with sexual addiction. We, on a quarterly basis, we do the Women's Journey Workshop, and also on a quarterly basis, we do the Couples Journey Workshop. Uh, if we can be of help to you, uh, we invite you to visit the website and look into those intensives. Uh, Until we join you again next week, we'd like to thank you and we hope that the coming week will be filled with many blessings and with great vision.